Hello, good evening. Welcome to Mac and Cheese. This is your host, Ruby McClellan. Mac being me and cheese being the word of God. And we're so glad that you tuned in this afternoon because we got a word from the Lord for you. We're going to be summarizing the first chapter of Revelation. And if you'll get your Bible out and you can follow along with us, we won't talk about every verse, but we want to talk, just give you a summary of this first verse of Revelation. Um, thank you for, I want to remember to thank those of you that uh, spoke to me about last um, week's lesson uh, about the Bema seat. It was very encouraging you contacting me because it was just a little bit nervous about it, but it gave me courage to carry on. And I just want to thank you. Uh, I appreciate it so much. And those of you that listen, I really, really don't mind you contacting me if you have questions. Um, I would be more than happy to try to answer them for you. And if I don't know the answer, I will definitely find one for you. And I'm not a theologian. I'm just a Bible student, just like you. And I love the Lord, just like you. Okay, we're going to begin um, our lesson on today. And uh, as we, we talked about before, the book of Revelation is a book that's the revealing of Jesus Christ. And it refers to God's unveiling or disclosure of matters related to his second coming to earth, kind of like an uncovering. The return of Christ is intimate. I know a lot of people think that he's already come or that he's never going to come, but most of us can be glad that he hasn't appeared yet because we would have been lost. And I want everybody that's possible, everybody that you and I reach to be able to have their opportunity to spend eternity with Christ. It's disheartening to think that some people will be lost and spend eternity in hell. They said it would be gnashing and hollering and confusion and chaos. I don't wish that on anybody. As I said, the return of Christ is intimate. It is going to happen. You can bank on that. It will happen because the word said so. And the whole Bible, if, if when you read it, if you read it with this uh, Bible book 
in mind, you see that it's pointing toward that. Um, and it could happen at any time. It can happen in the next few minutes. It could happen 10 years from now, 20. Uh, when I turn on the TV, it looks like it's getting ready to happen in a minute. But the, um, when I read in the Bible, it tells you what to look for. And we're seeing many of those signs. Uh, you know, the signs of the time is saying that it's, it's intimate. And for people's sake, so that they won't get saved. Some of my relatives, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you because they just pulling on, waiting for the last minute. I don't want anybody to go through the tribulation period. And I'm not going to beat anybody across the head because this is a love walk. This is a love thing. And if you fall in love with Jesus Christ, it'll be the best thing that ever happened to you. Revelation is from Jesus Christ himself. He made this known by sending an angel to his servant, John, who had been exiled to the island called Patmos. John was on this island because it was a punishment for him. And he had come over on this island on a old raggedy ship. And he was being banished from being where people was. And this wasn't something that John wanted to do. He wanted to go out in a blaze. He spent his whole life serving Jesus Christ and trying to convince people to love him and uh, how beautiful it was to serve him. And here he was being sent off somewhere by himself, he thought. And he didn't have any idea that the greatest work that he would do in his life was, had, was just beginning to uh, transpire. And so those of you that think you have no purpose in life and you just living from day to day, Live on to tomorrow and see what Christ is going to do with your life. It's good waking up every morning knowing that you have purpose and knowing that you love by Jesus Christ. As I said, Patmos was an island. It was located out in the Asian Sea. And it was... Um, When Paul, I mean, not Paul, when John got there, he kind of went on off by himself. He just figured, well, if this is the way I, my life is going to end, I'm just going to go off to myself and be quiet and pray and talk to the Lord. And he found a cave. And um, I want to encourage you to Google Patmos, the Isle of Patmos. And they found the exact cave where John saw this great vision. And it don't look like it did when in the day that John was there because they built a church around it. 
but it was facing the sea. And the sea wasn't uh, a sad place for him to be. Matter of fact, it's a beautiful scene, but it was a, um, John had been a fisherman. So it wasn't a big deal for him to be there on the sea and have to live off of fish and crab and whatever was there, shrimp, crawdad. But he was uh, there in the, in the um, cave and God sent an angel to John. Now there's one thing in this book there in the I believe it's the it's about the third verse and this is one book that says blessed is the one who reads aloud the word of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy. And then it's something else that says, and keep what is written in it because the time is near. The time is near. John was instructed by the angel to write everything that he saw. And as I told you that John came over on this old raggedy boat ship and one of the guards felt sorry for John and he was going to give him some extra food because of his age and because his stature was weak. And John said, no, I would rather have a pen and some paper to write on. And so he was able to get the paper and get the pen for him, the ink for him to write. And John hid it in his robe. So when the angel instructed him to, uh, to write down everything he saw, then all of a sudden John realized that it was the leading of the Lord that had made him ask for a pen and some uh, papyrus paper. Um, in this first verse of, I mean, first chapter of Revelation, John is instructed to address seven churches of Asia. Now, these seven churches represent every church in the world. And if you read those seven letters, it was all wrote on one, one long tablet, one long piece of uh, papyrus paper. It's every church is addressed in there. You can apply your church to one of those churches. And uh, Jesus is so full of wisdom. And 
want to go back just a minute because I seem to have bypassed verse 7. It says, every eye will see Jesus when he comes. I like the way in the uh, Tony Evans Bible, it said, every eye will see him as he rotates around the sun at his return. And all I know is tells us to watch the sky. And so I'm getting of age now. I don't, I don't be outdoors a lot. And, uh, but I tell you, I will be watching the sky that day. God is going to instruct me to walk out there so I can see him when he returns. Now that's, that's if he comes back while I'm still alive. But if he don't, I know that I live so that I'll see him when he returns. And it says that John was in the spirit. Now, what is the spirit? The spirit is to be thinking and functioning spiritually, to be engulfed in a spiritual framework. And this is the way John, when the angel ministered to him, he was in the spirit. And what happened to him when he... <laughs> When he was standing there in the uh, in the cave, and he heard a voice that sounded, it was loud, and it was behind him, and it sounded like a trumpet, um, and it said, "Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches." The seven churches was Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And when he turned to see whose voice was speaking to him, he saw seven golden candlesticks. And we talked about it before when we were preparing to read revelations uh there's a lot of symbols in revelation and this is one of them and he used a lot of symbols so that we wouldn't forget the lampstands are the churches and there was what he saw was seven lampstands and he saw something that appeared to him that looked like the son of man was standing in the midst of these seven lampstands. Not only that, he describes what he saw. And it said that when we see Jesus, we're going to know him. And what John saw, it says the man, the hair on his head was white as wool, white as snow, and his eyes like fiery flames. His feet were like fine bronze, as it is fired in a furnace. And his voice 
sounded like cascading waters. And this figure that John said was the son of man, and he identifies himself because he calls himself Alpha and Omega. And we know that that's in the Greek uh, alphabet, Alpha is the first letter and Omega is the last. And um, when he saw him, it frightened him. So he fell at his, he wanted to fall down at his feet. And this figure had seven stars in his hand, in his right hand. And if you're wondering, what are the seven stars? They're our pastors. They are the angels of our church. They're the messengers. And God has your pastor in his hand. Hallelujah. And not only that, this figure that he saw had a double-edged sword came out of his mouth. And we know the word can get us coming and going. You can't, it can't miss you miss you and uh, it says when John saw him he fell at his feet like a dead man and he laid his right hand on him and he said don't be afraid I am the first and the last and the living one I was dead but look look at me look I'm alive forever and ever and I hold the keys of death and Hades. And he said, therefore, write what I'm telling you, the mystery of these seven stars that he had in his hand. And, and we almost at the end of the first chapter. The mystery of the seven stars you saw in my hand and of the seven golden candlesticks is this. And we'll find out that in the book of Revelation, that all of these symbols that uh, John gives us, they can be found somewhere in the Bible. Just like I said, those, those seven spirits that was um, before the throne, you can find that in uh, Isaiah, the 11th chapter and the second verse. And it names all seven of those of, of those spirits that are before the throne uh, in heaven. And back to where we were, it says the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampsticks are the seven churches. Well, I'm going to cut off right there. We'll be back again in two weeks, and we'll talk about those seven churches. But until, until that time, I'm asking that you pray much for me. Uh, I need your help. I need your, your, you to call my name out before the Lord. And also, if you're listening to this, share it with somebody. Share it with the people that you know, and we'll be responsible will be responsible and rewarded for get it, helping spread the word of God. Share it with your friends. I'm on Twitter, uh, Lincoln, 
Facebook. Uh, I don't think they put me on Spotify yet, but I know I'm on Apple. And uh, it's not so much, you know, the way you sound and, and how big a star you are is who God wants you to contact. Uh, please pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And we want to uh, say a little prayer for the people in Jerusalem. God asked us to pray Pray for peace there. And I speak peace all over that land, peace in the atmosphere. I speak peace in Ukraine. God bless those people to be able to return home and to enjoy their life with you here on earth. Certainly, we thank you for listening to us. And if you choose to be a blessing to us, my cash app, is dollar sign two eight oh six capital R capital M capital J. I'd appreciate your blessing. Uh, one thing I do have to, I am having to pay for the podcast now, but God has made a way. And he will continue to as long as he wants to get his word out. And if he uses you, you get that blessing. It's promised right there. We read it uh, in the earlier part of this uh, lesson. I don't want to keep you too long. I want you to know that I love you. And uh, I pray that you love me and that we all love Jesus Christ. Amen and good night and bye-bye.